once again to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We began a series last Sunday on spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And once again, this is a real simple passage of scripture that most of us are familiar with. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the what? The ministry of reconciliation. I want to go over some things and add some things to this, because you need to really get this. Amen. Get an understanding of the spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Once again, some of you old Christians think you know everything about spirit, soul, and body, that you are a spirit, and you, you know, your spirit lives inside your physical body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. I know you know all that. <laughs> Amen. But a lot of times we think we know things, but we're not operating in what we know. And I hate when somebody says, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, how are you going to tell me? You keep saying to me, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you ain't doing what you know. Amen. So why do you keep telling me you know? <laughs> Boy, that gets me when people say that. I know, I know, Pastor Walker. I know, Pastor Walker. I know all that. I know all that. Then why you come talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But there's some things that we know, but we're not operating in, so it's just like we don't know. Amen. 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 Once again, let's read it again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new what? Creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Once again, we look at this and we say, what does this mean? And once again, we say that because why? We look at ourselves, and we notice there are some things in our lives that haven't passed away, and there are some things in our lives that have not become new. Can I get an agreement with anybody in this room? <laughs> well, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. What's it saying? It's saying if you are truly a born again in Christ, Old Testament, I mean, not Old Testament, New Testament believer, it says old things have what? Once again, he's saying if you are truly born again believer in Christ, old things have what? Pass away. Did he say they're going to pass away? Did he say they're in the process of passing away? He said they're, they're, what's it, they're, they're already passed away. 
In other words, he's saying it's a done deal. Tell your neighbor, it's a done deal. He says, old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. Not some things. Not some things. Not just the big things. But how many things? How many things? All things are what? Become new. In other words, completely brand new. Completely what? Brand new. Once again, we see this scripture, and then we look at our experience, and we look at all the dumb and stupid things that we do. And we don't understand. Come on, say amen, somebody. We say, I don't understand this, Lord. I know I'm born again. I know if I was to die today, I would go home to be with the Lord, go to heaven, come on, say amen, somebody. But yet there are some things in my life that haven't passed away and have not become new. And once again, this becomes a struggle with a lot of people. And what we found out last week is it's not talking about your physical body. And it's not talking about your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions that go up and down. Come on, say amen, somebody. There's a third part of us called the what? Spirit. Somebody say spirit. And it's in the spirit man that you become a new person. It's in the spirit man that you become a what? New person. Not in your body and not in your soul. Why? See, most people only acknowledge two parts of themselves. They only acknowledge their physical body and they only acknowledge their soul. But most people don't even acknowledge the spirit realm. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Once again, if you look at that word pneuma in the New Testament, amen, it's used for the word spirit throughout the New Testament. The Strong's Concordance defines pneuma as spirit, but then it will go on to say the immortal soul. It used the word spirit and soul interchangeably. Come on, say amen, somebody. But most people, honestly, don't see the difference between the spirit and the soul. But they are completely different. But they are completely different. Well, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, we know there's a lot of other scriptures, but we're just going to go to this one today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. Here Paul's praying a prayer, and he says... And the very God of peace, do what? Sanctify you wholly, verse 23. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be what? Preserved blameless unto the what? Coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it says, your what? Your whole what? Spirit, your whole what? Soul and your whole what? Body. So the scripture makes it very clear that you and I have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have this what? Physical body. You're three parts, not two parts. Come on, say I'm three parts, not two parts. There is a spiritual world that most of us don't acknowledge. Say it again. There is a spiritual world that most of us don't acknowledge. Right now, once again, you can see people in this room. And if someone wants to ask you how many people are in here, you could give them a roundabout number by what you 
see with your what? Physical eyes. But according to Scripture, there are hundreds of angels in this room. And many people say, well, no, there isn't. Why? Because you can't see them. Because you can't feel them. And because you can't hear them. Come on. But according to Scripture, all of us have at least two angels. That's with us all the time. We'll go to Matthew 18, 18, 10. Where it says here, Matthew 18, 10. For those of you who still have your Bible, I'll give you time to get there. Amen. If you got it, you might as well use it. That's what you brought to church for. <laughs> Amen. If that's the case, you could have left it at home and just watch the screen. And hope the screen comes up with the right scripture. <laughs> Matthew 18, 10. Amen. It says what? Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven they're what? Their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. If there are 100 people in here, then we have a minimum of at least 200 angels in here. Right now. Right now. See, there's a lot going on in the spiritual realm, but most of us are not aware of it. Come on. We're not aware of this spiritual realm because why? Because you can't see it. Because you can't taste it. Because you can't smell it. Because you can't hear it. And because you can't feel it. But there's a lot going on in the spirit. See, you cannot contact spiritual things with your physical being. Let me say it again. You cannot contact spiritual things with your what? Physical being. There's not only a spiritual world out here, but there's also a spirit man on the inside of everyone in this room. Say it again. There's a spirit man inside of everybody in this room. And most of us do not recognize that we have this spirit being on the inside of us. See, you can describe your body. Short, tall, fat, skinny. Mark on your neck. Come on. You can describe your physical body. You can even describe your soulless realm. I'm the quiet one in the corner. Come on, I'm the loud one over there. You'll know me when you see me, or you'll know me when you hear me, but you'll know it's me. <laughs> but if I, if I, but once again, but if I was to ask you, what are you like in the spirit? Most people would draw a blank. They don't have a clue. Come on, say they don't have a clue. And this is where a lot of people are. They're trying to see, and they're asking this question about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Look at that again. They're asking this question about the scripture when it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We ask this question because why? We're looking at our physical body, and we're looking at our soulish realm, and we're trying to see this change, and we don't see it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the Lord is trying to tell us, it's not your physical body that got saved. 
When you got born again, your soul did not change. It doesn't change, folks. So just by a process of elimination, what does that leave you that changed? It's your spirit that changed. You have to get a good understanding of this. Tell your neighbor, you have to get a good understanding of this. Why? Because this is a big revelation, folks, that there is a spiritual me. There's a spiritual me that you cannot see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. You cannot contact the real me in any physical, natural way. Go to John 6, 63. John 6, 63. Notice what Jesus says. It is the what? It is the spirit that quickeneth. The what? The flesh profiteth nothing. He says the words. This is the words. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. Read that again. The words that I speak unto you. What? The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are what? Life. See, once again, God's word is the only way to access what's happening in the spirit. You cannot go by how you feel. Are you following me out there? Why? See, we, we're in this room. We're all spirit-filled, most of us. We're all tongue, most of us are tongue talkers. I can't say everybody. Come on, say amen, somebody. We believe in the move of the Holy Ghost. And we say things like, the presence of God is here. I love your presence. Come on. The presence of God is here. And we feel God moving in this place. But it's a spiritual discernment. Are you with me out here? And see, we use terms like, man, I can feel the presence of God in this place. But in truth, spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. But we say, I can feel the presence of God in this place. But once again, spirit is spirit and flesh is what? Flesh. What you can feel, what you can feel is faith. See, the anointing is a manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, the presence of the Holy Spirit is here all the time. Take neighbor all the time. And a lack of understanding of this is the problem. If we don't feel something, if you can't see something, if there isn't any physical manifestation, the every spirit-filled Christian does not believe that anything is happening. And yet, that is completely contrary to the Word of God. That experience that you had, where you, just, you were just caught up in the presence of God, God is saying, you have that all the time. You have that what? All the time, 24-7. You're just not feeling it. You're not always aware of it. So when you don't feel it or perceive the presence of God, 
It's not up to you to say, oh, God, will you please, please touch me again. Would you please pour out your spirit on, on me right now, Lord? Please do something. Touch me. What are you saying? You're saying, give me some physical indication of what you said in your word is true. Let me say it again. You're saying, give me some physical indication of what you said in your word is true. What you need to do is you need to get to a place or where you just believe the word of God and you start acting on what you know in the word of God. Why? Because you have a whole, lot, a whole set of spiritual emotions. Are you with me out here? See, you can get to where you perceive God by faith. And faith becomes as real to you as this physical, natural world. Are you following me? Why? God created you and I as spiritual beings. We're spiritual beings. God created us to be different than what we are. God created us not with just five senses, but with six senses. You have a spiritual ability to know things. The way most of us are today, the way most of us are today, well, I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. So if you can't see it or feel it, as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist. And that's not the way God made us to be. Let me say it again. That's not the way God made us to be. There's an entire spiritual world and a spiritual you on the inside, and we're meant to walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, are y'all with me out here? Isn't that what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says? We walk by what and not by what? And most of us have been conditioned and brought up, and we've been programmed to operate in what the Bible calls carnal. Somebody say carnal. The word carnal in the Strong's Concordance means the flesh or in the natural. When you are carnally minded, it just means that you are dominated and controlled by your five senses that produces sin and that produces a lot of other different things. Let me say it again. When you are carnally minded, this means that you are dominated and controlled by your what? Your five senses. And that's what produces sin. Come on, say amen, somebody. But on the other hand, you can be a holy person. You can be living a super moral life and you could still be carnal. Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh, what's it say here? For they that are after the flesh do what? Do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the what? Things of the spirit. It says for to be what? Carnally minded is what? Death and to be spirit. 
spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Because the carnal mind, the carnal mind is what? Enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh are carnal, cannot please God. The carnal mind. The carnal mind. If you're just going by your five senses, if you can't see it, if you can't taste it, if you can't hear it, if you can't smell it, if you can't feel it, to you it doesn't exist. That means you're carnal. And it says here you're at enmity against God, which means you're at war with God. In other words, it blinds us to God. Say it again. It what? Blinds us to God. And this is where 99.9% .9 of the body of Christ resides. They reside in that physical realm where we just can't see it. Once again, people come up to me and say, I just don't feel the love of God. Will you please pray for me, Pastor? I can't feel his love. My response should be, no, I'm not praying for you. Why? Romans 5.8 says what? But God commended his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Die for us. His love never went anywhere. When you were a sinner, he still loved you. When you got saved, he still loved you. And it's about how you feel. 1 John 4, 8 says, For he that what? He that loveth, no, not God, for God is what? God is love. And I can go on and on and on, but God loves you, and you know what the word says, so why should I pray for you? Amen. Bottom line, God loves you in spite of yourself. But what you're really saying is, I know what the word says, but that's not good enough. I want a feeling. Oh, shit. And you're carnal. Somebody say carnal. You're just being dominated and controlled by your feelings. And this is where people are. It doesn't matter what reality is. It doesn't matter what Jesus has done. It's just all about how you feel. And if you don't feel it, then it's just not real. And that just voids it, folks. It doesn't matter that the Bible is what the Bible shows us. If Jesus died for you, if he died for you or not, you just don't feel it because you got to feel saved. And once again, it's time to take the thumb out your mouth. And grow up and stop being carnal. Come on, are you with me out here? You're begging God, God, please pour out your love on me. Please let me know that you're here with me. And God is trying to show you, I never left you nor forsaken you. His love for you has never faded. Regardless of your performance. And you have to get beyond these feelings. You got to get beyond goosebumps. 
and just start standing on what the Word of God says. And this will change your whole life and get you to recognize that God has done something, God has done something in the spirit realm that could not be perceived with just your physical mind and your emotions. And when you recognize this, you'll begin to start dominating yourself by what God's word says instead of how you feel. Instead of how you think you should feel and these tingling sensations. No, you say, the word said it and that settles it. This is what the Bible calls faith. You're living by faith instead of your feelings. This will revolutionize your life, folks. And the vast majority of Christians are living their life based on their peanut-sized brain and their ability to proceed with their feelings whether you feel God's love, whether you feel his acceptance, whether you feel his pleasure, whether you feel his anointing on you or not. And it's sad to say we have reinforced because why? There's a lot of feelings and what go, there's a lot of feelings that go along with Christianity. People talk about, you know, I feel fire in my hands when I pray for people. And some people do. Come on. They talk about feeling the anointing being released from the body. And I've experienced that myself. I have, I have a lot of feelings. Sometimes I feel the anointing released from my body. And all the times when I pray for people, come on, say amen, somebody. See, there is a tangible anointing that you can feel. And see, you can't put the, listen, you can put the anointing on God, of God in a cloth and send it to somebody and they get healed from it. But once again, I'm not talking about God as only a spirit. He can manifest himself in the physical realm, but sometimes it's not good to tell people what you feel because why? They'll make a doctrine out of it. And they'll believe unless you feel this, then the power isn't flowing. Not realizing some of the greatest miracles you'll ever experience, you will absolutely feel nothing. Come on, I'm not talking to anybody in this room. Another example, when you pray for people sometimes, when you pray for people, sometimes God's in your hospital and you pray for somebody because you don't feel nothing. Because you don't feel something, ain't nothing happen. It's wrong, and it's, and it's wrong if you feel something. And you say, I'm anointed now. Just because you feel something. Not because what the word says. Not because God promised it, but you felt it. And guess what? The feeling, listen, the feeling to most spirit-filled Christians is more important than what the word of God says. Now, most of us won't admit it, but it's true. Most Christians are what the Bible calls carnal. We are controlled by our senses, amen, and we read, and we just read, we're at enmity with God. In other words, it hinders the flow of the Holy Spirit, 
And because of a, because, because, because on a functional level, somebody say functional level. We do not acknowledge the spiritual realm and the spirit inside of us. We are basing it on what we can perceive with our physical senses instead of by operating by faith. Somebody say by faith. You have to allow God to show you when you got saved, it wasn't your body and your soul that got saved. Look at Hebrews 10.39. It wasn't your body that got saved and it wasn't your soul that got saved. Now, you're in the process of seeing your soul saved. You're in the process of seeing your soul saved. Hebrews 10.39 says, but we are what? Not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that what? Believe to the what? Saving of the soul. Now, this isn't talking about being born again. This is talking about maturity in the Christian life. We are those that continue until we start seeing the salvation that took place in our spirit manifest. Come on, manifest itself out in our soul and out in our emotions. But you don't get instantly changed in your soul. It's your spirit that got what? Saved and changed. And when you really see this, it'll totally change everything and you realize there is a brand new me on the inside that you didn't even know. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, you could be an introvert, a person who can't even look someone in the face when talking to them. But when you find out there's a new you that's different than the old you, Knowing this, God will change you. The next thing you know, you'll be talking to millions. Come on, say amen, somebody. God will totally change you. And there's some of you saying, oh, this is just my personality trait. And you're going back to your family trait. And you're limiting yourself. And you're restricting yourself. And you're restricting what God can do because why? You only know yourself in the physical, natural realm. You don't know who you are in Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 again. You're restricting what God can do because you only know yourself in the physical, natural realm. You don't know who you are in Christ. Once again, therefore, if any man be what? In Christ, he's a what? He's a new what? Creature. All things are what? Pass away and behold. All things are become what? New. And you, listen, in Christ, you are a brand new person that never existed before. In other words, you have supernatural power on the inside of you, and most of us don't know it. That's why we pray those prayers. Oh, God, come. Be with us tonight, Lord. Listen, even when it comes to me getting up here to minister to you, I shouldn't be praying for the anointing to come on my life 
right before I get up here to minister to you. Because 2 Corinthians one twenty one still already tells me that he which established you with established us with you in Christ has what? Second Corinthians one twenty one. Now he which what established us with you in Christ has what? Has anointed us. Is who? It's Second Corinthians one twenty one. Has anointed us. They got First Corinthians. Has anointed us. Is who? Is who? So am I anointed already? Should I, should I be praying, oh, bring the anointing on me before I get up there and preach to those people with word of faith and say, Thomas, please anoint me, Lord. I'm supposed to be already anointed. See, if God calls you to do something, there's an anointing. That goes with it, but most of us, you have to have a feeling. There has to be goosebumps. There has to be this glory cloud. There has to be a word of prophecy. There has to be something in the physical, natural realm to quicken your faith. Because why? Because your faith is based on all carnal stuff. And that's where we are. You can say amen or say oh me. Amen. You see, we live in a doubt. We live in doubt and unbelief. Even those of us who think we're strong in faith. We live in a culture of doubt and unbelief. Come on, say amen, somebody. We were baptized in unbelief. For a fact, most of us came in here after a whole weekend of feeding our senses. You watched everything you could watch on TV. You done went to the movies. Come on, say amen. See the rest of everything. <laughs> Come on. The whole weekend was spent on what? Feeding your senses. Not operating in the spirit. Matter of fact, you came in this door, Colonel. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. <laughs> come on. And sometimes when you come here, we have to get you excited in the flesh. Just to get you out of this natural form of unbelief to think, oh, man, God is here. And you start saying, oh, look how the anointing affects them. Can you see somebody else? <laughs> they just fell out. That was the anointing, y'all. The anointing's here. Or here's somebody say, I seen an angel. I see the glory. And some of them may not even be real. Now, even though it wasn't real, people's faith will yet rise that will overcome their unbelief. <laughs> and see, sometimes something mechanical 
and physical overcame their unbelief. And the carnal people that see that, their faith will just rise and their unbelief will subside because why? Something physical was going on. Come on, are you with me out here? But that's carnal. That's carnal because why? You got you to you hype people up to that. You got to have what? People whipped up to that. But listen, you cannot live on that level. You can't live on that level, yet that's where most of every spirit-filled Christian tries to live. They try to live on what they see. Come on, say amen, somebody. What's powerful, folks, what's powerful is when you get to the place where you just walk by faith and it doesn't matter what you feel. Tell your neighbor, that's powerful. Come on, tell your neighbor, that's powerful. So that's why it's really wrong to say, oh, God, be with us in here. Oh, God, be with us when we leave this place. You know, some of y'all prayed that prayer. When you did a benediction or... <laughs> be with them when they leave, Lord. What does Hebrew 13, 5 say? He says... Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will. What's never mean? What's never mean? He said, I will never leave thee, nor what? So what's he going to do? He's going to leave you? Break his word? Just so he can come back and answer your prayer? And go with you again. Come on. And then we say things like, that prayer didn't get above the ceiling. You ever heard that before? <laughs> again, you don't understand spirit, soul, and body. Why? God isn't in heaven anymore. He lives on the inside of you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And see, people read that Daniel prayer and supplication when he is praying and supplicating for Israel. And they see in Daniel 10, 12, and then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and chasten thyself before the God, thy words were heard, and I come for thy words. But the prince of the king of Persia withstood me in 20 days, and lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. There were demons. They were blocked. They were, they were, they, demons were blocking the prayers of Daniel, and they came, and Michael and Gabriel, they were fighting these demons in the spirit. When people read this, they think, when I pray, I'm fighting in heavenly places. Because I have to fight to get a hole open over at St. Thomas so that my prayer for St. Thomas can get up to God. So I got to fight these demons to get through that hole. And they go as far as putting on camouflage. <laughs> Military camouflage. And you see some people praying the spirit, I'm going to beat you up, Satan. 
<laughs> Thinking they're fighting in the heavenlies. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then someone will come over and say that prayer didn't get above the ceiling. When in spiritual reality, you don't need your prayer to get above your nose. Come on. Because why? Because God is on the inside of you. That's why we bow our heads. That's why we bow our heads. Come on and pray. Why? Because you're praying inward, not outward. This is making sense to anybody in this room. All of these religious things, these religious things, show that on a functional basis, we do not understand who we are and what we have. And we have all these, all kinds of misconceptions and don't realize Romans 8, 7 says, because the what? The carnal mind is enmity against God, but it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot what? Because why? The carnal mind blocks God's power. Are y'all with me in here? I mean, I may have stepped on some religious toes in here, but you're going to be all right. You're going to be healed because I'm operating by faith. <laughs> Come on. And think about this now. The very thing that people are seeking, some emotional, physical, tangible thing, they're seeking goosebumps. They're seeking the fire of God in their hands or some feeling of some sort. We don't know and understand that the very thing we seek is stopping the power of God from operating in your life. Because why? He says it's enmity against God. And how many times have we went to places just because somebody special came in because we went on the basis that we wanted to feel the anointing. Oh, my, my, I'm not, I'm, you're not the only one. I was guilty of this too. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, I was trying to contact God in some physical, natural way instead of taking the revelation that he's given me in the word and just using it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what we're going to be, we're going to be talking about in this series is who you are in Christ and help you see who you are. Come on, are you with me out here? For example, you know, sometimes I hope my hair is combed when I come up here. I can't see whether or not it's combed. I hope it's combed. But I can't see it right now. Come on. I can't really tell by feeling it whether or not it's combed. Come on, are you with me out here? But what I, what I do, I have to really know, what, I, what, what do I have to do to really know my hair is combed? I have to go find a mirror and look to see if my what? Hair combed. Why? Because we act on what we see in the mirror. We act on what we see where? In the mirror. Well, James 1.22 says, 
But be ye what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hear the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man behold his natural face in the glass or mirror. For he beholdeth himself and go away, go of his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whosoever looketh into what? Into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word of God, and continueth therein, he is not a what? He being not a forgetful hearer, but a what? Do the word, this man shall be what? Blessed in his deeds. It's saying that the Bible you have in your hand is a mirror. It's a what? It's a mirror. If you want to see if your physical hair is combed, you can't go by how you feel. You have to go look in the, the mirror. If you want to see what your spirit man looks like, you can't go by how you feel. Come on, because why? You can't feel the spirit. You have to hold up the word of God and see yourself in the word. Tell you, you got to see yourself in the word. So somebody comes up and tells you, or comes up to you and say, well, how do you feel? Well, not good. Under these circumstances, well, why are you under there? Why are you only feeling your soulish and physical realm? Let me say it again. Let's start over. Somebody ask you how you feel. Oh, I'm going. I'm going through. Make it. I'm going under. I'm gonna be all right though. Just having a challenge right now. What are you doing? You're only going by your soulish and physical person. What you need to do is hold up the mirror. And say, well, let me see. Hold on, let me see. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place. Well, then I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. That's who I am right now. Well, let me see. Let me see. Look at the mirror again. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, The Lord shall make me the head and not the tail, and I shall be above only, and I shall not be beneath. If I just hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he command me this day and deserve to do them, I am the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. That's who I am. That's how I am. So if you ask me, how are you? I'm going to tell you I'm blessed. Oh, I'm going to tell you I'm victorious. I even have my bank tellers saying I'm victorious. I wouldn't allow them to say anything. I said, what are you? I'm victorious. They see me come. I said, okay, we'll get all ready. Oh, we're we victorious. And that's what I say. But then people that know ministry can be very challenging, they'll ask you, well, I want to know how you really are. And I say, I'm really victorious. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. 
It just depends upon you, upon who you consider. Listen to me now. This is key. It just depends upon who you consider is the real you. You didn't hear what I just said. It just, listen, it just depends upon who you consider is the real you. Do you think you're this physical you is the real you? It's not. And most of us are only going by the two parts, the physical and the soul. Oh, come on. Hand that up. I should put your hands to the Lord. The real you is not your physical being. The real you is not what's going on in your soul. The real you is the spirit part of you. And most of us have been trained and we, we've got it down packed on how we feel. And a lot of times we tell people how we feel to get them to feel with us. I'm preaching good in here. Because we want them to feel our pain. We want them to feel our hurt. We want them to feel our concern. Carnal. Somebody say carnal. Carnal. Once again, do you think this physical you is a real you? It's not. Tell your neighbor it's not. And many of you can say that intellectually, but on a practical basis, you still consider what you see. You still consider what you feel. You still consider what you taste, hear, or smell. I mean, you still consider all those things to be reality, and it's not. Tell your it's not reality. It's a portion of reality, but there's a whole other spiritual world out there and inside you that you are not taking into account. And if you're just going by what you see, if you're just going by what you taste and what you smell and what you hear and what you feel and your five senses, what we say when people play cards, you're only playing with a half a deck. And that's the reason people are struggling to receive from God. Get your hands to the Lord. Come on, begin to give God praise. Begin to give God glory. 